This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. <laughs> he wants nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time for a one-of-a-kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to PokerNight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to the Bet Rivers Network for another edition of the Because We Win podcast. And on this edition of the show, we're going to be looking ahead to the Euro 2024 qualifiers. Lots of nations in action, lots of important games as this qualification campaign begins. And I'm delighted to say that alongside me, uh, first of all, Steve Wiss joins us, uh, the one of the main men over on the League Earn Show. Uh, Steve, welcome. How are you, first of all? Harry, I'm doing uh, really well, thanks. I hope you're doing good. Always a pleasure to be on the show with yourself and, and Daniela Fisichella. Brilliant stuff. And there's the intro, Daniela Fisichella, <laughs> uh, Mr. Italy, the man uh, who is single-handedly uh, holding our Serie A podcast in second place at the moment. Uh, fantastic work, my friend. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. After a big weekend in Italy, two very bad games, we have to say. Derby di Roma, 1-0. Derby Italia, 1-0. Polemics, red cards, VAR incident. So, God bless the international break, to be fair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, right, let's uh, let's have a quick look at the Betting Weekly Handicappers League table. Uh, as you can see, uh, the League Earn Show uh, are running away with it at the moment. Steve yeah. Wiss, uh, part of the team there. Uh, they are top of the pile and the Serie A boys, or the Serie A boy, Daniele. Boy, no, well, see, I, I'm with Dan. I'm with Dan Robock, but he doesn't do the picking. He just presents. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I have to say, so a few weeks ago on uh, the show that we do for the English Premier League, yeah. I said, oh, we're, we're doing a great job. You know, we're in profit. And Nigel said, no, sorry, let me rephrase that. Let me get the story right. I said, well done to Daniele and to Dan because they're flying. Yes. And Nigel said, you can't give Dan credit because we don't want to give you credit on the All right. yeah. when we win. So the <laughs> hosts apparently avoid. So yeah, and on, on the basis of that, since you said probably be losing, so that's that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> Yes, let's hopefully we get it right from now on. From now to the end of the season. Indeed, right. Let's start looking ahead then to this round of games. Uh, Steve, we'll come to you first, mate. Uh, Bosnia Herzegovina versus Iceland is a game. Uh, that you've decided to have a play on. Uh, talk to us a little bit about your pick and some of the thinking behind it. Yeah, and um, one thing I will say, this is obviously the start of international uh, matches again. The uh, the Bet Rivers, because we win boys, 
pulled pulled together to make. I think it was plus ten units of profit on the World Cup. So anyone that's, uh, I mean, we're going to get these European qualifiers over the year, and I think you're in very safe hands on on this show. And uh, I'll kick things off with uh, Bosnia Bosnia Herzegovina to uh, beat Iceland on a minus 0.75 Asian handicap. I've been a bit more aggressive here. You could be a bit safer if you wanted and just take the money line straight on the nose. But this this price here is plus 1.14. And um, I think this is a really big campaign for Bosnia-Herzegovina. They've never actually qualified for a European Championship in their history since they've uh, become... Um, I think 2000 is when they were... Came into this on the, on their own name, and um, they did qualify for a World Cup, of course, in Brazil in 2014. They enjoyed themselves there, and I feel like they're going to be bang up for this one. It's a it's a group they potentially could get out of. They've got a nice little bit in the bag actually, uh, because they won their Nations League group um, last year, and so they're guaranteed at least to be in the playoffs. Whatever happens, they could finish bottom of this group, and they're in the playoffs. I think that's a lot of pressure off their shoulders. And I think that might contribute towards some good football from Bosnia as governor in this group. And they're home to Iceland here. And everyone looks at Iceland and they think of the team that did so well in the last decade, let's say. I mean, obviously their main um, height was probably knocking England out, wasn't it, of the Euros <coughs> 2016. But that isn't the same Iceland anymore. I've just looked at Iceland's statistics. And since the start of 2020... They've played 22 competitive matches. They've only had three wins, though, in that period, and two of them were against Liechtenstein. Now, no disrespect to Liechtenstein, but they don't even get a Champions League spot, I don't think, in the UEFA coefficients. So, you know, if you're only beating sides like that, then it's a bit big concern for Iceland. They have, you know, they do draw a few games here and there as well, and, you know, maybe the draw is a bit of a risk here, but I think it's a tough place to go. I think Bosnia have got better quality on paper and like I say I love the the Nations League form and you can take what you want from Nations League form but they did win all three of the home fixtures last year in that against Finland Montenegro and Romania who are not bad they're not too bad and I don't think Iceland are any better than those um arguably worse so I think take them on this handicap because I think I fancy them to win quite well actually I think they've got good uh, offensive abilities and this Iceland team are not what they used to be you don't ever want to dis you know, completely underestimate Iceland, but it, they're not what they were. So I'm very happy to be on the home team in this fixture. Brilliant stuff. Uh, Daniele nods along in uh, in agreement. No, I, th- I think it's a good pick because uh, Bosnia, I mean, they've done good in well in the in, in the Nations League, as, uh, as Steve mentioned. Um, Iceland, the four games, four draws. In the World Cup qualifiers, they were penultimate in, their, in the group. So they were really uh, disappointing. The difficult thing with uh, uh, with Bosnia and Herzegovina is where are the goals coming from? I mean, they're still relying on 37 years old young Edin Dzeko, who, by the way, for Inter Milan has scored since the 4th of January. Doesn't look in great uh, form, and the rest are all uh, not even a young team. I would say they got a few 27, 25, 26 year old. Uh, you know, um, obviously there is no longer the talent of Pjanic in midfield. It is a, it is a side that might uh, struggle a little bit to create a lot of chances and to score goals. But yeah, certainly favourite at home against a poor Iceland base of recent form. Let's stick with you, Daniele. Um, Italy versus England. Uh, always an interesting game. Um, is this one being played in Naples? Am I right in saying it that? It is, it is. Um, Stadio Maradona in Naples uh, on Thursday. So uh, they couldn't have gone, or England couldn't be going probably to a more hostile uh, part of uh, Italy in terms of the crowd. 
What's the relationship like, though, with the Napoli crowd and the Italian national team? Is it as strong as it is in other parts of Italy? Like, will that play a part in this one, maybe? They don't play often in Napoli, Italy. And I think uh, that plays a part to make sure that the stadium is going to be full. And, you know, I think they were also drawn onto the enthusiasm for the local team. Napoli has been flying in Europe, in Italy. So there is a rejuvenated enthusiasm into football, after all. But, but you know, Napoli is a football city anyway. And, uh, of course, there are a couple of Napoli players in the national side, Politano, Di Lorenzo. So, obviously, that's going to help uh, the environment to be to be really, really good. You know, Napoli, Italy, historically, historically, up until the 2000s, the mid-90s, when Italy needed to win a game... They hosted in Napoli. They did it in the 70s, a playoff to go to the World Cup. They did it in 1998, where they beat Russia to go to France uh, in 1998. But also, infamously, they also hosted the World Cup semi-final against Argentina in 1990. So it's a bit of mixed feelings there, of course. <laughs> um, what have you gone for in this game then? Uh, England, obviously, the visitors this time around. But despite my patriotism, I cannot see England, Italy winning this one. And I'm going to go for an England Asian handicap zero, which pays minus 122. If, Linda, if England wins, you win. If they draw, you get your money back. If Italy wins, I'll be happy, but I will probably will lose the stake. So you know, I will cry with one eye, let's say. And I go for this because I think uh, with Italy's side, uh, Mancini is in a desperate search for uh, a formation for a striker, mostly, and he's changing, chopping and changing, is is obviously a work in progress, Italy, especially in the front line. Now, the new name is Matteo Retegi, the Argentinian, half Italian, of course, who plays for Tigre, 29 goals in the last 50 games, very physical, very strong, first call-up for him. So that's a big question mark. Is he going to start a player that barely nobody in Italy, unless the people who like to stay up very, very late and watch the Argentinian football or Copa Libertadores or the Copa Sudamericana, actually know who is. But it's a big call-up for Mancini. And I think he follows some of the other call-ups he did recently of players that are... They don't even feature for uh, major Italian teams. You know, it's a second call-up for Simone Pafundi, 17 years old, played only 20 minutes of Serie A football this season with Udinese, but Mancini thinks it's great. In the past, he did the same with Zaniolo. He called him up before he made his debut into, into Serie A. And I think this is the almost a desperate cry from Mancini to say, look, we are so short of talent, especially up front, that I need to try everything. I need to scout the entire world to see who is available. Because really, for his Italian side, the goal could be an issue. Of the recent of the of the, of the thirty men who've been called up so at, at the moment, the top scorers in, in, in with the with the Azzurri are Barella and Bonucci with eight goals, followed by Berardi with six, and then you have to go down the pecking order to find a striker scoring goals. Scamacca nine nine times play for Italy, never scored. And you know, if you look at the goals really this season, where are they going to come from? Eight goals for Scamacca, five of them in the Conference League. This is not Conference League, I'm afraid. Nyonto scored four, was good for Leeds, but he's not a goal scorer. And then I mentioned Berardi, he's been in and out. Chiesa might be injured. So I think uh, Italy is going to go with a 3 5 2, as they did at San Siro when they beat uh, England 1 0. But it was a strange game. It was a game really, really tight, then resolved by a a strike from Raspadori, who, by the way, is not going to be there. So they're going to be solid. They're going to be difficult to beat, but I don't think uh, I don't think they're going to score a lot of goals. So I think for an England side that you know is going to get 
confidence after the World Cup. I think uh, the way they were set up and the way they went toe to toe with France is gonna be is gonna be good. It's gonna be interesting. And obviously they got Chilwell, Rich James back, Rashford in the form of the life. Wonder what the odds for Rashford to score here could be. So I think they definitely not gonna. I don't think they're gonna lose this one. Look, you can judge Italy's side also by the. The type, of, the type of players that are not being called up, Zaccagni, top scorer for Lazio, Immobile, Locatelli, Raspadori, they are not in the squad. Locatelli is not in the squad because we got too many midfielders. And in the position where Locatelli is, is playing, we are blessed with talent of Verratti. We got Barella, we got, Sen, we got um, Pessina, we got Tonali, etc. But he's really up front, the, the doubt, and who's going to score the goals for there. Look, it is the first game. If it's the game of the group, I think the most important thing would be not to lose this one and then yep. see how it goes. I'm going to go for a nation handicap zero here, minus 122 for England. Nice one. Uh, Steve, let's come back to you. Andorra uh, taking on Romania. Um, and it looks as though you are back in the Romanians here. Well, you know, the last time I was actually on uh, one of the international shows on Bet Rivers, I actually did uh, a pick on Andorra against Moldova, and I don't think Dan uh, Robert could believe it. He uh, he thought I was joking, but um, I do like to get involved in Andorra games, and the main reason for that, Harry, is because they're so bad. They are. I, I love betting against bad teams in international football. It's one of my favourite things to do, and um, I mean, Andorra, the big problem that has always been with Andorra scoring goals. And I'm going with the Asian handicap here on Romania, minus 1.75, and the price is minus 127. So we, I do need them to win by two or more goals. Otherwise, this pick will lose. Um, but uh, if we look at Andorra, their home results um, in, in, in recent qualifying games, the only real danger scoreline that worries me is the 0-1 exactly. And... Um, you know, I admit, if it did end 1-0 Romania, then I wouldn't be completely shocked. But Romania are going to win this game. They have to. I mean, you can't slip up against Andorra if you want to qualify for the Euros. It's as simple as that. They'll find a way to win. I see it being 2-0, 3-0. Very good chance of, of a Romania win to nil here. Um, and they're a bit, I think, unlucky in in some of their recent qualifying uh, groups. They missed out um, by one point in the... Uh, in the World yeah. Cup qualifiers, and I think Romania. When I when I was growing up, Romania qualified for most tournaments. Now they have gone off a little bit recently, but that, I think that was a good response for them in the most recent qualifying campaign. You know, Germany uh, won that group. Um, I think they missed out the Netherlands by one point. A five-three-two record. They scored twenty-three goals. So Romania have got uh, twenty. Uh, you know, got goals in them in the recent European qualifiers uh, a few years ago. They 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 hammered the Pharaohs away. They hammered Malta away. So they have got good form away against sides of a similar ilk. And I know how these Andorra games go. They're usually quite low key. They offer literally nothing. It's just a question of Romania getting the job done. Probably two or three nil. Um, you know, this is not going to be a classic by uh, any stretch of the imagination. But um, I think Romania are actually trending upwards. They're a nation to watch out for. I'm not saying they're going to qualify for these Euro 2024, but I think they're going to give it a good shot. And they absolutely cannot afford to slip up in this game. So that full focus, I think they win by at least a two-goal margin. So this minus 1.75 Asian handicap. And I don't like taking big handicaps, I must say. It's not my thing. But on this instance, um, it just makes a lot of sense to me. No, Yanis Agi, though, I think. They haven't called him up. He's still, he's still injured. That's, no, that's still, the Rangers guy, yeah. He, um... that, is, that is a shame. He, up to 11 yeah. players who play in Italy, I'm seeing now in the Romania national side, most of them, though, play in Serie B. 
but I think it should be it should be enough to beat Andorra. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Yanis Hadji, you mentioned him there. He's one of those players that has threatened to, you know, he's got the name obviously from his dad and because of that, people were expecting him to be unbelievable. And there've been glimpses, but I don't really think he's lived up to it. I don't think he's been as good as he was earmarked to be when he first uh, broke onto the scene, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, Daniele, let's come back to you. Um, This is a really interesting game, actually. Czech Republic take on Poland. Uh, I'm intrigued to see which way you've gone on this one. And for this one, I'm going Czech Republic or tie. So 1x and under 3.5 goals, which pays minus 141. So a double chance for the home side and a relatively low scoring game under 3.5 goals. Look, this is a, this could be a very even uh, group because they're in the group with Moldova, uh, Faroe, Montenegro and Albania for, uh, for, for this one. So obviously it's between Czech Republic and Poland to finish first, but whoever loses this one, they might find themselves uh, with ground to make. Perhaps Albania could be a dangerous one. None of these teams are particularly spectacular, I must say. Uh, Czech Republic only won two of the last 10. The only clean sheet they kept is against Farrer. Um, and, you know, they finished third in their last recent in recent World Cup qualifiers. But at home against Wales and Belgium, they were solid, not spectacular, two draws against the Belgians. When, you know, the Belgians at the beginning of the qualifiers, they were much stronger than they are now. And against Wales as well. One point behind Wales, so they didn't go to the... Um, to the World Cup. Uh, they were relegated from Nations League A, but at home, again, not too bad. Managed four, to collect four points, one win, and a draw. I think he's a side that's got some talent in there. Uh, the likes of Josek, Sheik, who plays with Bayer Leverkusen, of course, Barak, Fiorentina, having a, a so-so season. Sushek, up until a couple of years ago, he was up and coming. We saw them at the Euros a couple of summers ago. Very, very organised. Uh, perhaps not the most... Uh, entertaining side, but hard to beat, hence the low scoring game on this one. And Poland, with a new manager, with Fernando Santos from uh, Portugal, for me, one of the worst teams that I've seen in the last 16 of uh, the World Cup. I mean, let's not forget, they qualified thanks to the goal difference because uh, they got minus one and then Mexico, um, they got zero goal difference and Mexico was in minus uh, one. Um, Again, I don't think, look, I think Fernando Santos is one of the most defensive-minded coaches in Europe and he now he lands after, I think, underachieving with Portugal after the Euro wins. He lands this job with uh, uh, Poland and he inherits a team that, again, I don't think there's enough talent beyond Lewandowski. Who's going to score the goal? Lewandowski scored 78 goals for his national team, but behind him, he got Piontek, 11 goals for Poland, Zieliski, 10 goals. Then, of course, you got an awful lot of players who play in Italy, up to nine, plus Kivior, who obviously Spezia sold to Arsenal. So that makes 10. And I mentioned the stars, Zielinski, Zaleski, Szczesny, Piontek. But again, together, they don't seem to click. It's very, very um, old-fashioned football from Poland. Remember how they qualify for the, Cup, for the World Cup as well. They only won one game because they were due to play the playoff against Russia. Russia didn't play and they beat Sweden 2-0 in extra time. It was a very bad game, to be fair. They don't score many goals either. Only six goals scored in the Nations League. They avoided relegation, though, on the last day. Look, for me... They're not going to win this one. I think, again, probably it's more about for these two sides not to lose it rather than win it. So Czech Republic or tie in under 3.5 goals for a minus 141. Sounds good. Sounds good. It's a weak group, that. I must say. I was just looking at that group. I think it's a really it's weak group. It's and um, it's a good chance, certainly, isn't it, for either of those to, to, to get that, uh, certainly one of the two spaces. 
for sure. For sure, indeed. Uh, let's do, Steve, Armenia versus Turkey. This will be yeah. a highly charged game, won't it? Yeah, now this is going to be spicy. And um, I mean, the pick is uh, Turkey minus 1.25. On the Asian handicap at minus one hundred and four, so uh, a one-goal win here will be a half loss. Need them to win by two goals or more for the for the full win. I suppose we better start. I suppose with the geographic and the political element here that these two nations don't get on. They're not yeah. on each other's Christmas cards lists. Um, I was actually reading some articles recently that the the Armenian Turkey border was uh, actually open for the first time in thirty years in response to the earthquake. Uh, so they let some aid in. So I think relations are thawing a little bit, but. Um, still a bit frosty but from the footballing perspective I just think Turkey are, are much the better side these days I really do and they're actually trending upwards again um, we know they didn't qualify for the last World Cup we know they didn't put a good show of themselves in the last Euros but they did qualify for them there was a period when Turkey were not even you know they were getting beaten all over the place um, but they're a lot better now and one thing I do like about Turkey is they score a lot of goals They've scored at least one goal in all of their last 18 games. Now, that does include some friendlies. And they've scored 30 goals in that period. So they know how to find the back of the net. Um, They won their Group C Nations group, uh, a very easy record there. And that gives them some nice insurance. If they don't qualify automatically from this group, they will be in a section involving uh, Greece, Kazakhstan and Georgia for a spot at the Euros. Now, they would fancy getting past that out of Greece. Turkey yeah. would be pretty spicy, by the way, if that did occur. But I think Turkey... Yeah, I can get, attest to that. Yeah, that would be something, wouldn't it, Harry? But I think Turkey... Uh, I think Turkey got a good chance of qualifying automatically from this group. It contains Croatia. Uh, Wales are in it as well. They can't be going to places like Armenia and dropping points because Armenia are just not anywhere near as good as they used to be. They got hammered in their Nations League Group B uh, recently. Five defeats there. Um, they lost at home to Scotland 4-1. Um, Ukraine 5 0. That, that's just not good enough, is it? Really, to be honest with you, it's really, really poor from Armenia. And like I said, I think probably maybe six, seven years ago, it was a tough place to visit for anyone. There were some decent bits of quality in that Armenian squad. And, and don't get me wrong, Turkey will be given a hostile reception, but they're expecting it. They simply got a far better squad overall. And the way the group situation is, they just they know they can't afford to drop points in this fixture. I did think about taking over two and a half goals instead here because of, you know, if there's one area of Turkey that I wouldn't trust is the defence. So I'm certainly not saying they're going to win to a clean sheet here, but they're capable of getting three or four goals. And we know Armenia's defence is not very good. So I just see, I see a fairly clear away victory. Minus 1.25 Asian handicap. If they win by one goal, okay, I'll take a half loss. Um, not saying I love a half loss, but it's better than a full loss. Minus 104, and the visitors just offer that extra bit. Well, a lot more quality than, than a poor Armenian team. Yep, I agree with that. I certainly agree with that. Uh, Daniele, let's come back to you. Uh, Sweden versus Belgium, another interesting game that you've gone for. Both um, to score, uh, yes, yes, sir. <laughs> go on, talk to us about it. Both to score, no, here for me, Sweden, Belgium, minus 122. Idrisin one as well, uh, because I think uh, uh, Belgium is going to be an unknown quantity under the new manager, Domenico Tedesco, who had a bad spell at Leipzig. He inherited a talented team, got sacked early this season, couldn't really make them click. Uh, they seemed a bit reckless when they were going forward. Let's see what he does with this uh, Belgium side, 
who, let's not forget, could not score a single goal against Morocco and Croatia in the World Cup, only scored one goal against Canada. They were the biggest disappointment of the World Cup in Qatar, but they are normally very reliable in uh, qualifiers. However, the doubt about Belgium is about their star players, or allegedly the star players, because both they play in Italy, they've both been signed this summer, Lukaku and the Catalera have been two immense flops uh, so far, I think, the Cataler much more than Lukaku. Lukaku was a little bit injured a few uh, months. Uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, it depends how much uh, um, the new Belgium, the new transition is happening, how much minutes and time is given to younger players. I would expect Openda, who's having a very good season at Lance, to start uh, this game. Trossard, who's having a good impact at Arsenal, to start this game. I'm a little bit worried about the Belgium best player, though, is De Bruyne. De Bruyne comes after a season very long for him. It's already been a long season. Play a lot of lot of games. Obviously, qualified to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Qualified to the uh, semi-finals of the FA Cup. You know, I'm not sure this game comes in the right moment for somebody like him. Maybe that is so involved. You know, now this is the last stretch of the season. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's been good recently, but not as good in previous years. Um, Belgium, yes. I mean. The metamorphosis of the team is not quite there. I mean, they're still carrying Vertonghen. I think he's going to play. Uh, they're going to be short at the back, really. You look at the wing-backs, probably Mounier, Castagne. I cannot see a lot of great talent behind them. Probably the best player for Belgium, I must say, is Courtois. So that's why I also go for the both teams to score. No, Sweden, on the other hand, unbeaten in five, although four were friendlies. They only collected one point at home in the Nations League. Recalled another youngster, Ibrahimovic, 41 years old, scored at the weekend. Had to take two penalties because the first one was missed. So obviously then there was an infringement. Took the second one, scored. Became the oldest goal scorer in Serie A. I don't think these stats tell something very nice about Serie A. But you know, Ibra, Ibra is great. But okay, it was a penalty. But he didn't play very well. Uh, Isaac, decent season at, uh, at Newcastle. Fosberg, I think obviously still the most talented player for uh, Sweden. It's a pretty defensive side, Sweden. We saw also the Euros when they play against Spain. They like to defend quite deep. And I think, again, playing at home, it might be just a not-to-lose game. I'm going to go for uh, probably an under, under 2.5 goals. Maybe Belgium might nick one. I'm going to go for both to score, no one, two, minus 122. Do you know what? I, I quite like, I like Sweden on the handicap here. I think it's a tough place to go, actually. Um I'm surprised Belgium are plus one twelve at the minute with well, Spain Rivers. have lost there recently. That's true. Spain have lost. Yeah, in, I could in, I in could, the I World could... Cup qualifiers, but Sweden they seem so uninspiring, really. They seem so rigid in the four 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 two formation. So oh, yeah. I'm I'm not sure they can actually edge it man for man. Do you see nil nil? Do you see nil nil? Low scoring under two month goals. Yeah, it could be yeah. nil nil in the first half. Mm. That that new, that normally pays well, plus hundred and fifty, hundred and thirty. So that's always could be a good shot. But I think minus minus two point five, even minus two point twenty five, if you like. I mean, it's just uh, it's just one of those. I can't see. I can't see scoring. Belgium scoring too many goals here. Cool, um, Steve. Croatia versus Wales. Talk to us about this one. Yeah, I feel like this is a brand new era for Welsh football, Harry. I think um, mm. we've got the retirements, of course, of Gareth Bale and Joe Allen, who have nearly um, obtained nearly 200 caps between them for Wales, which is incredible, really. It's like ripping the heartbeat out of the side. Aaron Ramsey is now the captain. Um, ben Davis is the vice captain, but I think he's injured for this one. He's not in the squad. And my pick for this game is Croatia on a minus one Asian handicap at plus money, at plus 106. 
I think um, I think it's a massive price. I really do. I think the actual gulf between these two nations is quite big right now. Wales have done remarkably well in the last decade to to qualify for the tournaments they have done, and also progress in them as they have done. But a lot, well, nearly all of it really has been driven by Gareth Bale, one of the best players in the world in in the twentieth twenty first century. And um, you know, fair play to him. He's, he he seems to have dragged them over the line so much. It's never easy for Wales, is it? They they rarely have made it look easy in that period. I think yeah. without their big superstar here, it might be a tough ask for them to actually qualify for these Euros overall. And um, this is the hardest game they're going to have in the group. Croatia, I look back, I don't think they've lost a competitive uh, qualifying game at home for, for nearly 10 years, um, which is, is fair, fair, fair play to them. Very tough place to go. And, you know, in the last uh, World Cup qualifying campaign, they kept seven clean sheets out of 10. Just that one blemish at home was a two-all draw against Slovakia. Now, Croatia have been known occasionally to, you know, um, as the Americans say, lay a bit of an egg and a random result. But I don't see that happening here. I think they're, they, I think they'll win to nil. Um, the danger is exactly a one-goal win. If we look back at some of the statistics, um, Wales away from home in the last three competitions they've qualified for. World Cup, Euros and also Nations League, uh, six defeats out of 12. Only one of them by more than a two-goal margin. That was against Belgium. They lost here in European qualifying um, uh, the last time it was 2019, I think it was. So there's a bit of form between the two teams. They usually fight hard and are competitive and hard to break down and don't lose by that many. But in this situation, I just feel that Croatia will dominate the game. Croatia, this is a World Cup semi-finalist. And, you know, there's a lot of quality in that squad still. And, um, yeah, some might say, you know, their window opportunity is gone now. Um, but this youngster's going to be like Gradiol. Now, this is a nation with rich footballing pedigree. And um, Wales at home, they're going to beat them. Surely, at very least, they're going to get the three points. So that's why I like the... that. I mean, I've kind of been a little bit aggressive here with a minus one Asian handicap, plus 106. You could take a minus 0.75 line and win half if it's a one-goal win, or even on a money line, add them to a parlay or something. But uh, for me personally, there's just a, a, quite a big golfing class between the two teams. So money has got you there, hasn't it? The I'm just, yeah, I'm just really struggling to see how it's plus money. I think maybe our, Wales have been maybe priced up on results in the last sort of four or five years. I don't think anyone's forgetting that two big players have retired, but um, I, I see this being like 2-0 Croatia. It feels like a sort of scoreline. Wales just don't offer much now. You know, you probably want Brennan Johnson up front. I mean, he's got a bit of pace, hasn't he? Has he got the finishing? I think I think Croatia fairly comfortably, Harry. I really do. Daniele, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think, I think they do. I mean, I think they'll have most of the ball. They'll control it. You look at the midfield of Croatia... It's no match really for Wales. Modric, 37 years old, still doing a business for for Real Madrid. Kovacic came back in very good form. Brozovic, perhaps of Inter, is the one that is a little bit out of shape. But they got uh, they got they got options there. Obviously, with Croatia, they are very competitive and they are very good at managing themselves in the tight margins. You know, they're really good. Uh, it's almost streetwise, if you like, and they know how to compete. And I cannot see really them losing this game. Obviously, there is a bit of issue with goal scorers. They don't have a real number nine, a big goal scorer that bangs a lot of goals. You know, look, Livaya, four goals scored for the national team. Pekovic, seven goals. Orsic, just two. And then obviously Perisic and Kramaric, who are not necessarily out and nice strikers. So that could be the issue there. 
but they do find a way to uh, keep the ball so well. So I think, yeah, they should be they should be comfortable. I mean, a minus one handicap, I think, should be comfortable for them. Anything anything more than that, I think, is a nice win for you. Brilliant. Good stuff. Um, let's summarise, then, the guys' picks for uh, this round of the Euro 2024 qualifiers. Uh, so Steve has gone for a Bosnia at minus uh, 0.75 on the Asian handicap at plus 114. He's also gone uh, for Romania, minus 175 on the Asian handicap at minus 127. They're taking on Andorra. He's gone for Turkey at minus 125 on the Asian handicap. They travel, of course, to Armenia. That's at minus 104, the price. And then he's gone for Croatia at minus one on the Asian handicap. That's at plus 106 in their clash with Wales. Uh, Daniele has gone for England at zero on the Asian handicap. That's at minus 122. They take on Italy in Naples. Uh, Czech Republic face Poland. And Daniele has gone for Czech Republic or Thai and under three and a half goals. That's at minus 141. And then the clash between Sweden and Belgium. Daniele has gone for both teams to score. No, and that is at minus 120. So, um, that's the guys' picks for this round of fixtures. Thank you all so much, as always, for tuning in. Make sure uh, you're subscribed to the podcast. Make sure you leave us a review. Uh, make sure you follow the guys as well. Their handles will be in the description, as well as our joint handle, which is at Because We Win. If you check that out, you'll find all sorts of content uh, around all the competitions that we, of course, cover. My thanks to Steve. Thanks to Daniele. And we'll be back very, very soon with more. Until next time. Goodbye. Take care. See you later. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.